Alhamdulillah, when we think of priorities, you know, having priorities is really one of the major signs of a person of suluk, of a person who's on the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sadiq. And that's because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran after A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu taqullaha, O you believe, fear Allah. And let every soul look to what it's sending for the next morning. Here, غد doesn't actually mean the next morning. It means يوم Qiyamah. It means the hereafter. Again, if you think about the structure and meaning of the verse, it is placing the hereafter tomorrow. And we know that the Prophet وسلم, as Abdullah ibn Umar said, that the Prophet said, إِذَا أَمْسَيْتَ Right? If you live to see the evening, don't expect to see the morning. Like the Quran unapologetically brings in this notion of preparing for the hereafter as though it's tomorrow. Like what would you and I do right now if we knew that the hereafter was tomorrow? Like how would we structure our lives? And this is one of the things I like to tell some of my students who are interested in tasawwuf, are interested in tazkiyat al-nafs. And I say to them, tazkiyat al-nafs and tasawwuf doesn't need a lot of, like you don't have to study it. There's one thing you can do that will allow you to immediately live a prophetic life. And they said, what's that? And I said, tomorrow's yawm al-qiyamah. And they're like, wow, like subhan, that, that brings clarity. And I'm, I challenge myself by no means am I in that maqam also, I'm, I'm, I'm also reminding myself. But just imagine right now, if you look at your life, look at your priorities, and I look at my life, and I look at my priorities, if tomorrow was Yom Qiyamah. That moment will allow us to realize what we need to repent from, what we need to gain, and what we need to cut out. And that makes us the sadik. That makes us the one who's moving. That makes the, the, the one who's You're headed to Allah, but who has now um, um, created like a premeditated sense of moving to God. There is a, a, a determined izzah behind it. So that verse, وَالْتَنْظُرْ نَسُ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدْ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Right? So let everyone see what they're doing for tomorrow. Tomorrow meaning tomorrow morning, Yom Qiyamah. So immediately that causes a person to have priorities. And I want you to do this if you can after the khutbah, right? Like if tomorrow was Yom Qiyamah, how many people would we forgive? If tomorrow was Yom Qiyamah, how many family members that we may have had problems with would we call? If tomorrow was Yom Qiyamah, how many spouses would forgive each other? How many children would come back to their parents? How many debts would be paid? Right? How much effort would be made to rectify? And then how much time would be used for ibadah? So the foundational belief of the hereafter is one that demands priorities. And that's why the hereafter is mentioned on almost every page of the Quran to remind us to center ourselves on moving beyond um, the temporary world and to living for something greater. There's dignity in the people of the hereafter. There is an honor, there is a sharaf 
being from the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, la khawfun alayhim wa yahzanun. In order to maybe frame priorities, we can all take a step back and visit a familiar friend. This is a friend which is familiar to every single one of us. And this is Surah Fatiha. Surah Fatiha allows us to live a life of priorities. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to read it in all of our prayers. That's why the Prophet said, La salata illa bi fatihatil kitab. There is no accepted prayer unless somebody recites Al Fatiha in that prayer. So, the Fatiha allows us to look at things through a meta and micro way that will enable us to appreciate what our priorities should be. Sidi Ahmed Zarouq, Sheikh al-Islam, we taught this book uh, two, three years ago during a winter retreat at the IC, Al-Qawa'id al-Tasawwuf. He says in Al-Qawa'id al-Tasawwuf, تقديم الأهم على المهم شأن الصادقين في كل شيء. That putting the most important things in front of secondary important things is the way of the seekers, is the way of the people who hunger for Allah. The way of the people who tasted Iman. As the Prophet said, مَنْ ذَاقَ طَعْمَ iman, Who tasted the sweetness of Iman. Allahumma ja'ala min ha'ula. So Surah Al-Fatiha, how does it start? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. As Abdullah bin Mas'ud used to say, Ibda'u bima bada Allahu ta'ala bih. Start with what Allah started with. And the word ba' is very important as we'll talk about later on because this word ba' is half of ubudiyah. Half of worship. Ba' means to be with. Doesn't mean in. See the translation, in the name of Allah. The meaning of ba' jittu bi'amrin, I came with amr. So immediately, Surah Al-Fatiha establishes that if you want to begin, and you want to begin with priorities, ibda' billah. Begin with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and in that beginning, so the first is that we focus on Allah. Bismillah, ay bi asma'illah. Fa'abda'u bismillah. And that's the meaning of the basmalah. I start with Allah. The verb is not mentioned because all of us are going through different things in our lives. So in order for the basmala to stay constantly contextually appropriate, the verb that comes in front of it is not mentioned so that you and I as the reader will supplement our own action into the verse of the Quran. Thereby we become part and parcel of wahi, subhanAllah. We become part and parcel of the Quranic narrative. So I walk bismillah, I eat bismillah, I, I sit bismillah. This is the rahmah of Allah. And also we can appreciate how the Quran invites the mind to engage the Quran. So, abda'u bismillah, akuru bismillah, ashrabu bismillah, I drink, I eat, I sit, I walk, I talk, uhib bismillah, I love with Allah. So the first priority we find, mashallah, in Surah Al-Fatiha is Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah begins Bismillah. And in that process, Allah reminds us because the, 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 the idea carries with it a, a, a almost uh, imaginable sense of transcendence. It is imaginable. That's why He's Allah. Some ulama said the word Allah 
is from the word which means impossible to, to imagine. That's why you say subhana. Subhana is from swimming. Because the mind is literally swimming and trying to understand who Allah is. Allahu Akbar. Fa-bismillahi. But then Allah reminds us, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Don't forget my mercy. Don't forget my, my, my transcendence is coupled with mercy and benevolence. So we take from the Basmara two major priorities that we want to think about in our lives. Number one is Allah. Everything I do, Abdat Billah. We'll talk about that in a second. And then the second is I combine that with hope in Allah. So the Basmara en encapsulates the ideas of fear and hope. Subhanallah. As some of the ulama used to say, Al-Khawfu wa Raja'u Junuhan. That fear and hope are like two wings of a bird. So the Basmara creates the balance of Bashir and Nadir, right? As receiving good news and also at the same time feeling a sense of responsibility. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah actually is a sentence and maybe we can do tafsir of Fatiha again in the future, which is actually a command. It's not Jumla Khabariya, as we can talk about this maybe one day if people study rhetoric with us and logic. But Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen actually means after you begin with Allah and you recognize the balance between fear and hope, the best way to, to show your recognition of Allah, that's the meaning. If you want to honor me and recognize me, say Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. And that's why in the Quran we find many chapters open in the Quran with Alhamdulillah in the context of creating, Alhamdulillah in the context of sending the, the book, because the creation, as we'll talk about in a second, provides the sustenance for our dunya and the book that Allah sent, for example, in Surah Al-Kaf, provides the substance in our heart, and that's why Allah is Rabbul Alameen. So after Alhamdulillah, Rabbul Alameen. Now, Rabbil Alameen, we recognize that everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, everything we have is from Allah. And this creates a balance. That we praise Allah, who is Allah, the Rabb of Al Alameen. Al Alameen is from the word Alam, signs. Alamat. Because everything around us, Alamat, ala wujudi sana. Because everything around us reminds us of the one that made it. So that after the third priority, is being someone of praise and dhikr. Is how do we become a person of hamd? Is we look at the alamat, the alameen, wahada yaduluna ala rabbil alameen. And we see that and it reminds us of Allah. So the second part of the Quran is teaching us how to worship, alhamdulillah, and then how to, how to find the capacity to worship is by deliberately and deeply thinking about the world around me. Al-alameen tadullu ala wujudiha. Right, that, that everything around us is a sign that reminds us of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So because of time, I'm not gonna be able to spend too much time here, but when we say alhamdulillah, how do I become a person of hamd? Is that I look at the world around me and I contextualize tawheed in my personal, professional, social, community, and communal life, as well as my spiritual life. Subhanallah. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, why? Why is it mentioned again? Is because 
Al-Alameen implies that we are given these things. And are we going to use these things Bila, Bismillah, or not? And undoubtedly, we're going to make mistakes in istikhdam al-alameen lillah and using the alameen for Allah. So Allah reminds us, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. For a number of reasons. Number one is that we will make mistakes. And this is one of the important principles of Islam, where we, where we diverge from the left and the right. And I worry now how Islamic theology is being boxed in by political language. Theological language supersedes political language. And one of the challenges of both is the lack of redemption. Islam believes in redemption as a great act of liberation. So people can repent and mend their lives and move on. So subhanAllah, the first is in using Al-Alameen, we're going to make mistakes, so Allah is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Just repent to me. Number two is sometimes the things that Allah has given us are hard. Because good and evil are all from Allah. Pain and suffering are from Allah, as we believe in our aqidah as Muslims. Success is from Allah. So sometimes I may feel that my life is so hard and so difficult, which is very normal, it's a very normal thing. So Allah reminds me, don't forget, in the alameen, I am ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Just look for it. And maybe sometimes I'm given such a blessing that I lose myself and I get lost in my own hubris and I forget who I am. And I become mutakabir, aba wastakbar. I no longer see the blessings of Allah. And Allah reminds me, it was His rahmah and His mercy. It's by His grace that I have these things. Allah said, if it wasn't for the blessings of your Lord, you would be hard on them. Then Allah says, To remind us of responsibility. So we start with, with Allah, fear and hope, being people of dhikr, being people of ma'rifah, from alameen, seeing things. And then we get to ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, the three things I mentioned, repentance, staying humble, finding good in the silver lining, even though sometimes it's hard, just suffer, and I suffer and I may be broken, but ana ma'Allah, alhamdulillah. Like the Shaykh I mentioned earlier. And then my success doesn't blind me, so actually in ar-Rahman ar-Rahim are three priorities, repentance, humility, and resilience. And then Madikiyo Middin reminds us of responsibility. I am here for a purpose. Madikiyo Middin Limani Al Mulkul Yom. Who who is the who's gonna control that day? None of the people that I may allow my, my life to be controlled by in, in, in unruly evil ways. But I submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I know that on that day I'm going to be held accountable potentially. We ask Allah to protect us. So Madikiyo Medina again balances me on Ar-Rahman Rahim, hope, seeing the good, with being responsible. And a deen reminds us of the hereafter. The word deen means a debt. So I'm going to have to answer for the loan of this life. إِنَّ اللَّهَ اشْتَرَى مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَنفُسَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ بِأَنَّ لَهُمُ الْجَنَّةِ Allah has purchased the lives and the souls of the believers for Jannah. So on that day I will be held responsible for the deen, for the debt. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ As we finish, and I'll, I'll continue in the future encapsulates all of Islam. 
Imam Al-Hasan Al-Basri, he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent 300 something books. He summarized those 300 books into four. At-Tawrah, Wazabur, Wal-Injil, and Qur'an. Then he summarized those four books into the Qur'an. Then he summarized the Qur'an into the Mufassal, Surah Hujurat to Surah Al-Nas. That's why at my school, we, our students, we teach them Hujurat to Nas. And then summarized what's in the 49th chapter, Surah Hujurat to Surah Al-Nas in Al-Fatiha. Allahu Akbar. And summarized Al-Fatiha in Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'in. Can you imagine 300 something books into one verse? Why? Because the first part of Iyakana Budu reminds us to worship Allah alone, to establish a life of devotion solely for Allah. As it's mentioned in Surah Zumar, say, I was commanded to worship Allah sincerely. They were only commanded to worship Allah with ikhlas. So, Iyakana Budu. He's talking about my devotion. وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ He's talking about the qada and the qadr that exist in my life. Allow me to use this right to worship you. Aid me with what you have decreed for me. So that's why Sidi Ahmed Zuruqi said, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُرُ لِلَّهِ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ بِاللَّهِ So the first is sharia and the second is al-haqiqah. And the person that's smart is going to bring both together. That I, I worship Allah Azza wa Jal, I'm, I'm devoted to Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then I am resilient or thankful in what He's given me, realizing that what He's given me is what is best for me. And of course, if it's, it, this doesn't mean that we don't try and we don't make effort. We have to try, we have to make effort. That's why it's nasta'een, we seek your help. It's not awnak, it's not your help. It's like astaghfir, the same feeling. I seek Allah's forgiveness. Iyaka na'aburu wa iyaka atlub awnak. I'm searching and working for your assistance. And that's why Imam al-Siyuti said that the disease people have in understanding al-qada and qadr is answered in one word in Surah Fatiha, nasta'in. Subhanallah, what a deen, man. But if we don't pay attention to our deen and if we don't love it in a way that we are passionately invested in it, it's like people that have a, a, a buried treasure in front of them and they never open the chest, right? It's just sitting there. May Allah... Allow us yani, to be those who he atana al-mafatih. The rest of the chapter, and we'll finish because I don't want to take too much time, deals with akhlaq, the priorities of good character. But just to review, the first priority is to start with Allah. The second priority is fear and hope with ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The third priority is dhikr. The fourth priority is ma'rifa al-alamin. The fifth priority, I mentioned the three things, humility, patience, right? And also Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim to, 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 to be able to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Malikil Medin, the fifth priority is, is uh, uh, the sixth priority is responsible living. And then Iyaka Na'buru, the seventh is to establish Lillah. Wa Iyaka Nasta'in is to be someone who works hard, someone who, who tries their best. Nasta'in means to seek help. The word Aun is to seek help. And the word Aun is different than Nasr. Uh, nasr means 
when the help of Allah comes, إِذَا جَاءَ النَّصْرُ Allah means existential help. Aoun is different that it means internal and external help. So I seek the help of God. I'm not just sitting like, oh man, God will help me when he wants to. Asta'in. I seek his help. I seek his aid. If I came to you, for example, and there was a bunch of people trying to harm me, or if I had some kind of pain, and I was like, I'm seeking your help. That's the feeling. So again, to repeat, to make sure everything's clear, number one, the first priority is to be with Allah. Bismillah. The word be means with. To be with God in my aspirations and everything I do as best I can. Number two, in Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, fear and hope to have the balance. Number three is Alhamdulillah, is to remember Allah. Number four, Al-Alameen, the Lord of all things, means that I see now the entire world around me as a canvas for deeper reflection that directs me to Allah, what's called Ma'rifah. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim is mentioned again to remind me that in using the blessings of Allah, I'm going to make mistakes so He's forgiving and merciful. Or that I, I see this silver lining in difficult times. Or that if I am successful, I realize it's not because of my own hands, but it's because of God's mercy. So humility, resilience, and then as I mentioned earlier, repentance. And then, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ مَالِكِ يَوْمِدِينَ, right? Um, sorry, is the next, which is the sixth, to live a responsible life, master of the day of judgment, the only one who's going to be calling the shots. And then, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ You alone we worship. And you alone we seek for help is about devotion and making effort to heal a fractured world and making an effort to draw near to Allah. And the rest of Surah Fatiha, and we'll finish, is the priority of character. And that's why we say, We make dua. Guide us to the straight path, the way of those who you favored. The way of those you favored, those who know and act on what they know. That's a priority. Not the way of those who know and don't act. What Those who don't know and act. As we finish, inshallah, and we'll continue perhaps next time to unpack some things from Surah Fatiha. What a beautiful chapter.